Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. going to be a little bit quicker this morning, but we are continuing our series, Follow Me. Uh, this is the third sermon uh, of a four-week series. Uh, I don't know if you can remember growing up when you went to school, there was one rule. I don't know if it was, uh, well, there was lots of rules, but one main rule in regards to the playground, and that was do not run on the concrete. Okay, yep, good, bricks, concrete, pavement. For us, it was do not run on the bricks. Do they still have that rule? I don't know. There's no school kids in here. Still have that rule. Do not run on anything now. Grass, carpet, just do not run. Just make sure you're wearing a helmet. Everything's got to be. <laughs> but do not run on the bricks. Now, we always used to like to run and play chasey. And, and for me, I, I kiss chasey. The girls like to chase me a little bit. No, that's. I wish that was true, but it wasn't true. But I remember this one time, the teacher specifically said to me, because she, she saw me running, the on-duty teacher said, don't run on the bricks. If you do, you're going to get rubbish duty. And then I, and I think I was chasing someone. And we'll, uh, as soon as I got out of the sight of the teacher, I just gunned it. And uh, even though I was little, had my little Italian legs were moving. And I was chasing this person. And I thought I was going to get it. Then I came to the bottom of these stairs. Uh, and as I was running, this person ran up the stairs. And there was sand on the bottom of the stairs. And so I'm running and olive oil comes secreting out of my pores and, and, and I've slipped on the sand and I've cracked my head on the side, uh, right on the corner of one of the stairs. That's why you do not run on the, on the bricks, by the way. And I've literally cut my, my, my head there right on the, uh, for, for many years there was a bit of a, where the hair didn't grow. Actually, the only place hair grows on my head now is actually my eyebrows. <laughs> But there was a little place there where the hair didn't grow because I, I smacked my head and, and I started crying at school, which is a big no-no. You don't cry at school. I got teased for the next 16 years. Uh, but I was crying. Blood was pouring out of my head. And I had to go to the actual teacher that said, do not run on the bricks. And that was embarrassing. Why did I tell you? Um, and actually, they had to take me to the doctor's surgery. I don't know if they do that these days. And uh, the doctor put in 58 stitches. Um, <laughs> And uh, you can't, I should have got a little bit of Botox or no, anyway. So that was my do not run on the bricks story. And the reason you don't run on the bricks is because you can fall and actually crack your head. So it's actually a really good rule uh, that we are meant to walk. Life is not always about running and trying to catch things, but sometimes there's sense in just slowing down and walking. Uh, and so this morning, that's what we're looking at. The last few weeks, We've been looking at this one passage in Mark, Mark chapter 1, 16 and 18, just two verses and drawing a few things out of it. And so this morning, we're going to do that again. And we're going to look at this one passage and this, this concept of walking. So let's have a look on the screen, the verse that we've been looking at. And it says this, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. And so this great interaction where Jesus comes and he, this is the first written account of where we see that Jesus actually calls someone to be or a group of people to follow him and be his actual disciples. 
just on the beach. These guys are doing what they do, doing what they know best, which is fishing. It's their trade. It's their job. We looked at this. It's their security, their identity. Everything is based in their occupation, the ability to provide for their family. And Jesus says, drop your nets, come and follow me. In the first week, we saw that this was an incredible invitation, that the term come follow me was an invitation made by Jesus. And actually, Jesus makes this, this, this invitation with confidence. The confidence of the invitation is actually startling. Because in this, Jesus is saying, I want you to be one of my apprentices. I want you to be one of my followers, one of my disciples. And actually, Jesus says that to every single one of us. Come, follow me. And actually, in the confidence in the invitation, what Jesus is saying is, I trust you. That I trust you. That I trust you. And throughout humanity, throughout the scriptures, throughout church history, we see that God trusts humans even though we are not trustworthy. God trusts us even though we, he knows that we will let him down. God trusts us even though he knows that we will drop the ball. Yet still there's a confidence in the invitation. Jesus says, come follow me. Now we just heard uh, the uh, testimonies, th these individuals up here, they've responded to that invitation. They've responded to the confidence invitation when Jesus says, I trust you, I want you to follow. Then the second week we saw that not only was there an invitation that was confidently presented by Jesus because he trusts us, but we also see that Jesus is giving us a new method for being a disciple, for being a follower of Jesus. That when we respond to the invitation to follow, it's a new method. See, in that time, in that day, uh, people were there or the rabbis would present the Torah and uh, they would say, follow the Torah. Right, the, here's the way, here's a path, here's some teachings and it's all about head knowledge, it's all about as much as you can learn and, and the rabbis of the day will say, this is what you follow, where Jesus says, no, this is different, this is a new thing that I'm doing and actually what you follow is me, the person, the individual. And so he brings a confident invitation and then, he, and then he says, actually, it's a new method. What is the new method? Trust. That you have to, we have to, as disciples of Jesus, if we choose to follow him, it is trust. He trusts us, but we trust Jesus with our past, with our present, and with our future. And this morning, we're going to squeeze a little bit more out of these two verses the confident invitation from Jesus where he trusts us, the new method, meaning we have to trust him with our past, present and future. Future, And this morning we see the new classroom. The new classroom. What do I mean by the new classroom? Well, we know that Jesus is a teacher. Jesus has been referred to as being a teacher. We know that he taught things. In fact, out of the 90 times where Jesus is referred to, uh, he's actually referred to, I think, nearly 60 times he's referred to as being a teacher. So we know that Jesus teaches, and so the classroom analogy kind of works, but Jesus says there's a new classroom. I don't know if you've seen uh, most of the teaching in that time and day would happen in the synagogue. They would go and they would learn and they would study. Almost, they would memorize over and over and over the scripture. They would memorize all of it, word by word. But Jesus says... I trust you, trust me, there's a new method, 
but there's also a new classroom. What is this new classroom? Uh, come follow me. What is the, what is the uh, sense between following? That means you're going somewhere, aren't you? You're not just staying still. Follow me. Walk behind me. And so when we look at the, the story of Jesus, and I think this is really important, and actually it's interesting that it happens on the day of, uh, of some baptisms. You know, the disciples followed Jesus and they did lots and lots of walking. Lots of walking. No Ubers, no ride sharing, no, no riding bikes or even camels. They would walk everywhere. And when we read the, 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 the stories or the Gospels, we, we, we get all these really high action points of Jesus. Yes, there was miracles. Jesus performed incredible miracles. Yes, there was times where there were scary times and, and storms. And there was all those kind of things happening. But for the majority of the time, what did the disciples do with Jesus? They walked. They got their 10,000 steps very easily, before lunchtime probably. They walked from town to town, and it was very much the same thing, day in and day out. They plodded along uh, the same scenery, the same towns, the same dust. It was very much the same thing. And the thing is, sometimes we make Christianity about the experience, the highs, We've got to get the high. We've got to have this, otherwise God's not working my life. They're great. This is a high for these people here today as they get baptised. And it's awesome and we celebrate. But guess what happens tomorrow? You go to work. Seamus, you go to work tomorrow. You're on the tools, mate. You're not going to work tomorrow? No, day off. <laughs> day off. Do you work for yourself? Yes, that's excellent. Um, the, the, I'm hoping you go to work the next day. Yeah, yeah good. So, so life just goes on and this is a high and it's a great, it's like a miracle, it's, a, it's like the scary storm in the, in the life. But there's lots of plodding and walking when you're a Christian. And that's okay. That's the normality of the Christian life. In fact, the majority of the Christian life is actually just walking with Jesus. Why? Because that is his classroom. That is his classroom, that the disciples' classroom was to walk with Jesus. Most of the stuff that they, they, they saw, all that, that really cool stuff, but most of the stuff that would have been in the personal interactions of just walking with Jesus, watching Jesus model a relationship with God. And so we see a call to trust Jesus, a confidence from Jesus, but now we also see a call to walk with Jesus, that we are just to walk with Jesus. Christianity is not always going to be these incredible highs where God is doing unbelievable things. And again, hear me, I want God to do those things. And God does do those things. But for the majority of it, it is just faithfully walking with Jesus. And Jesus faithfully walking with us. And he shapes us and moulds us as we, as we come alongside him. And we don't experience that if all we're doing is chasing and running after things that we can feel and experience. No, walk with Jesus in the day today. Does anyone have a walking partner or people, someone they go walking with every day? Hey, hands up, don't be shy. It's really, I'd, be, I'd have my hand. Yeah, we've got a few people, not many, maybe we should sell some gym memberships. Um, 
There's some people who religiously get up and they, and they walk with someone every single day. Uh, uh, last Christmas, uh, we, we uh, went down south with some friends. Actually, it was the Prus, And we were down there with them for a week. And, and, I, and we got up every morning, me and Jared, and we walked uh, for an hour. It was actually, it was really good. Um, we talked about lots of different things and we just walked. When I got home, I never did that. I stopped. <laughs> Why? Because I, I knew that he wasn't going to be knocking on my door to say, let's go for a walk. But, but, but the thing is, when it comes to walking with Jesus, we, we want to see like that. We're, we're, Jesus is knocking at the door. Let's go for a walk. Let's get up and walk. That's what the majority of, of being a Christian, that growing in Christ, that's where it happens in the day-to-day walking. Jesus says, come follow me is a call. Hey, come walk with me. I want a walking partner. I need a walking partner. This is the new classroom. How do you learn as a disciple, it's not just about head knowledge, it's actually doing life. And in fact, when you look in the, in the scriptures and in, in the Hebrew, the, uh, but even the New Testament, this, this term to walk in or to walk with actually has this meaning of as you do life with. Jesus wants to do life with. We walk with Jesus. And I want to suggest to you this morning also that it means we have to slow down. Otherwise, we're going to hit our head on the concrete. Our lives are so busy, we're rushing around. But actually, Jesus invites us to this new classroom, a classroom which involves walking, and actually means we have to be unhurried. Look at this quote here by W.E. Adams. He used to be a a spiritual kind of mentor to C.S. Lewis for a while. And he writes this, We can advance along the road to perfection only by walking closely with Jesus. And as we watch his ways of dealing with the countless problems and troubles and beset his life, we achieve wisdom as how to meet our own. But to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and impedes and soils our work. It never advances it. I don't know about you, but there's some people who walk really fast. If you tried walking next to them, it's, it's actually, I'm probably a little bit like that. Siobhan would be, I'll, I'll be walking and I'll turn and she'll be 15 metres back. Because I'm like, well, we're not here to stop and look. We've we, we got to get to a place where she's more, I'm just going to enjoy the journey. It takes a long time, but there's, there's a benefit to that, isn't there? Is there? Yes, there is. Well, I think Jesus wants us to be unhurried because he wants to walk. If you look at the teaching models of Jesus, he was a brilliant teacher. He, he, he obviously told stories and parables. He would also, um, he would use teachable moments. So in the moment, something would happen. And because he wasn't hurried, he would use that to teach. See that fig tree? Mary Martha, he would, he would stop and use teachable moments. He object lessons and all that. So he was a brilliant teacher, but a lot of it was he was just unhurried. The guy spent 30 years doing normal life before he started ministry. What was the first thing he did when he started ministry after 30 years? Anyone remember the first thing he did? 40, 40 days in the wilderness. So he wasn't in any rush. He, you know, all right, let's get into ministry. You've spent 30 years. What's the first thing you're going to do? What's the first thing on your things? I'm going to spend 40 days in the wilderness on my own. See, Jesus was unhurried. Even when there was pressures and come, 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 my brother is sick. 
yep, I'll get there when I get there. And, and maybe we need to learn a bit of that. We need to slow down so we can actually walk with Jesus. Uh, I read a story uh, about a South American tribe uh, that they would march. They would go on these marches, hours and hours of marching, and then they would su- stop suddenly and they would sit and rest. And someone asked them, why, why, why do you practice like that? Why, do you, um, why is that the pattern? Long, long, long walks and then stop. And, and this is what they said. They said they needed the time of rest so their souls could catch up with them. So their souls could catch up with them. And so many times we're off running ahead of God or not even ahead of God, away from God, that we have to stop and wait for our souls to catch up with us. What does it look like to walk with Jesus? These spiritual highs are great and we love them and we, 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 we long for them. But the bulk of Christianity is to walk with Jesus, to plod along the same scenery, the same dust, looking and, and connecting and being with Jesus. What does it look like for you to actually walk with Jesus? Well, firstly, it starts with time of Jesus, doesn't it? You can't walk with anyone uh, without being with them. I'm going to walk with you every morning and then you don't get up or they're somewhere else. You've got to actually spend the time to walk. You've got to invite them in. So if we look at walking being as I do life and we think of Jesus, we need to invite him into all areas of our life. We don't want to have a segmented life. We want to have an all-encompassing Jesus at the center of our life. Jesus isn't at the top of the list You know how we would sometimes say Jesus first, then family, then church. And then while that has good, it comes from a good place, it's probably a little bit flawed because actually we want Jesus to be in family. We want Jesus to be in church. We want Jesus to be in our job. So Jesus is center and then everything flows out of that. And so so we invite Jesus into our day-to-day. We pray we, we, we practice listening, we practice silence, we practice solitude and worship. We practice, obviously, reading the scriptures and learning about Jesus and asking him, Jesus, I want you to walk with me. Jesus, I want, to, I want, you, to, Jesus, I want you to knock me up, knock me, knock at, at the door and wake me up. We're going for a walk. Remind me, Jesus. I want to do Sabbath with you, Jesus. I want, I want you to be central to everything that I do. I don't know if you've heard of the rule of life or a rule of life. Anyone heard of that? It's, it's, a, a, it's a spiritual formation, um, I suppose, guideline or process or practice. A spiritual formation practice Christians have, have um, done for nearly 2,000 years. Now, when you hear the word rule, you think of something that's legalistic. But actually, it's, it's not. It's actually quite freeing, and it's there to help us walk with Jesus. To keep Jesus at the center of life, uh, we want to have a rule of life. What is a rule of life? Well, the rule of life uh, comes from this. The, the word rule comes from a, a Greek word uh, for, for trellis. Here's a trellis here up on the screen. I love trellis, especially when there's tomatoes. You know I love tomatoes. Um, now, when we think of a trellis, we generally now think more of the, the ornamental trellis to help 
whatever you're growing take a shape. And that's true, but actually a trellis is a structure that supports a plant generally uh, that has fruit, grapefruit or, or passion fruit or, or tomatoes to support it to grow so it can produce what? Fruit. So a rule of life, a trellis in our life is so it's a a support so that we may grow, so we could keep Jesus central to our lives. Pete Scazzaro, he's uh, he's he's a full bottle on this stuff. Emotionally healthy leadership, emotionally healthy Christianity. Um, he writes lots of this, and this is what he says. He says the rule of life, very simply, is an intentional, conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. It provides guidelines to help us continually remember God as the source of our lives. It includes our unique combination of spiritual practices that provide structure and direction for us. And if you're interested in this, I'd encourage you to read his material and his books because, yes, it is, it's, it's studying the Bible, it is prayer, it is um, um, silence and solitude and worship. It's all of those things. But also there's areas in regards to our physical, so eating and exercising. And how do we make Jesus central in that? He goes on to say, though, the starting point and foundation for any rule is a desire to be with God and to love him. And so what trellis, what rule of life do you have to ensure that you are walking with Jesus? This is the new classroom. The trellis, the rule of life, forces us to slow down, tells us to, to unhurry and to stop so we don't hit our head on the concrete. We need to wait for our soul to catch up with us. Do you have a trellis? Do you have a rule of life? So we looked at the first week, a confidence in the invitation, Jesus says, you can trust, uh, sorry, I trust you, come follow me. Jesus is, to follow Jesus means there's a, a call to trust him with our past, with our presence, present and with our future. And this morning, quickly, only quickly, we look at this concept of following being a new classroom. It's not just head, it's about Relationship. It's not just about these spiritual highs, these miracles and, 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 and these incredible things that Jesus did, but actually most of it is just walking with Jesus. And so to follow Jesus is a call to walk with Jesus, to make him central. Do you have a trellis in your life? I'd encourage you, and it, it could be something very simple to start with, some of these ones here, if we go back a picture, sorry, you'll, you'll see these, you know, if, if, if we were to put, use this as a spiritual metaphor, the one in the middle would be someone who's incredibly spiritually mature. And for most of us, it's, it's may probably not even a picture up there, to be honest. They're all pretty good trellises, aren't they? But it might just be that one little steak where you see at Bunnings and the little tomato. That's a start. That's how it starts, doesn't it? And we start to add more to our trellis and, 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 and we grow as we walk with Jesus. My encouragement to you, my encouragement to the people who are getting baptised, apart from Seamus because he's not going to work tomorrow, <laughs> is that we need a rule of life. 
We walk with Jesus. Yes, this is awesome. We celebrate this as a high, but the most of the bulk of Christianity is day-to-day walking, connecting, listening, the new classroom. Let me invite the... the um, I'm going to say management team, the uh, worship team up on stage, and I'll pray. Father, thank you again uh, for the testimonies we've heard. Lord, thank you for your scriptures. Two verses, come, follow me, and uh, we, we can get so much out of that, Father. Father, this morning we look at this concept of walking with you. Father, I pray and ask that you would help us to do that. In fact, Lord, I'm just going to pause here and just, uh, Lord, invite your spirit to just minister to the room this morning. If there's anyone who, who needs a wake-up call in the sense of needs Jesus knocking on the door and saying, hey, we're walking this morning. If that's just you, just let that sit. And, and, and actually, maybe this morning, just take the opportunity to say, all right, I'm recommitting to walking. I'm going to wake up and walk with Jesus. Lord, if there's any of us here this morning that need to maybe spend some time putting this, this rule of life together, this trellis together, help us to do that, Lord. Help us to do that in a way, Lord, that we wouldn't just leave this morning and forget about it, but we would come uh, and, and put some time down and just start to put the frameworks in for a trellis that we would maybe one day have a beautiful, beautiful plant that is mature and full of fruit because we've walked with you. Help us to do that, Lord. We also pray right now for those who are going to get baptised. We thank you, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.